0: Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling, but there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves you know what i can fix that i can help people and i can make a difference then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service some go on to change the world others make a world of difference to their customers welcome to the hero show join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers their success and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I am on the line today with Jane Standards. Jane, are you there?
1: I am here.
0: Awesome. Glad to have you here, Jane. Um, we're both sort of bundled up in the cold weather, so, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> getting to winter. It is winter. Um, so let me, uh, let me just introduce you real quick for our listeners. Your name um, is James Sanders and you are a master scientific hand analyst, which I'm curious what to know what that is and a purpose and law of attraction coach. Um, you've been featured in Forbes and been, you know, worked in the uh, corporate space for a number of years. So to start off with, tell me what it is that you're known for now. What is your business like? What do people hire you for? Um, what is it that you do?
1: So I'm known for the hand analysis because that's what I put out front, right? That's my assessment tool. Um, And then my coaching clients, I'm known for changing their lives. So, uh, but not everybody that gets a hand analysis gets coaching. But people know me as the hand analyst because that's how I promote myself. and I speak a lot about it.
0: You're going to have to tell me a little bit what you mean by hand analyst because, like, I don't know, I look at my hands and they just look like cans. So, what does a hand analyst do? Like, you have four fingers and you have one thumb. Good job. Like, what's yeah. the. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you what, and what what everybody does else do. Yeah, you and everybody else. Few people have heard about it. Um, it is the lines in your hands actually mimic the neural pathways in your brain. Okay, so it's extraordinarily accurate. That's why Forbes wrote about it. And uh, it's not palm reading. There's no predictions to it. No fortune telling. The gentleman that created this spent 40 years putting this database together and analyzed over 30,000 hands. So it's very, very reliable. Uh, he wrote a book about it. And the foreword to his book was written by a neurosurgeon from Stanford. So this is the real deal and it identifies, so hang on to your seat here, it identifies your innate life purpose, how you're meant to make a difference in the world. Certainly not a job description, that would be cuckoo and I would expect you to hang up on me if I thought, if I, if I would tell you that it would say that. But it gives you the description of the concept of your ideal work and how you're meant to make a difference. A hand analysis identifies the gifts you have to help you make that difference in the world and the tripping points, the blind spots that cause challenges in all aspects of your life. So it's actionable. This is, you know, it's validating, it's deep, it's like your blueprint, your North star, your lighthouse, where to take action pretty cool stuff
0: so i'm i'm curious where uh maybe we'll be be glad this is a video video podcast can you give me some examples of like the kind of things you look at on your hand perhaps or on mine as and like what kind of things you know because i know there are lines but like what are you looking for when you're looking at your hand or someone else's hand for indicators of you know these pitfalls and life purpose and whatnot
1: so you're not going to like this answer, but everything means something. We look at the big pieces are the fingerprints. Okay. Um, you're born with your fingerprints and they never change or the FBI being deep duty. Right? So, yeah. um, that means the information that we get about you from your fingerprints won't change either. We also look at all the lines. Um, now the lines can change. Now, obviously these big lines You know that go across like this those aren't going to all of a sudden make a u-turn there's Mm -hmm. little changes that can make because if they reflect your neural pathways and over time you're changing your thought patterns or your behaviors that's going to rewire your brain and that can show up in your hands so mainly we look at fingerprints and all the lines and all if you look really close you know, and you should see here, I'll show you. This yeah. is what I look mm-hmm. at handprints through, this big honking mic magnifying <laughs> glass that's, that's lit. So, you know, I really look close. And uh, prints is what we use. So all that little stuff means something, as does the shape of the hand, as does where the fingers are set on the palm. If you're missing a finger, that means something too.
0: What about the uh, the calluses and stuff that people get from working hard or playing the guitar or other things like that?
1: Those are always in the same place and where the calluses from working out don't cover anything of great importance. What I can tell from calluses is that the person works out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they work, they work hard on whatever it is they're working on. Right. Um, so that's really interesting. So, um, I want to learn how you sort of got into this, your origin story, right? So every every superhero has their origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers, and maybe you could use them to help other people, right? Where you started to develop and discover the value you could bring to this world. How did that happen for you? Did you were you always an entrepreneur? Did you start off in the corporate world? Like, how did you end up in this place? And then more particularly, how did you end up analyzing hands?
1: So um, I started in the corporate world with an MBA, And I've had three careers prior to this and each one I was very successful in, but I would hit a point where I knew there was something else I was supposed to be doing. I felt off track, unfulfilled, but I didn't know what to do. And at least for me, career coaches weren't helpful. So I would try something else that I thought I would like be successful. And then after a few years again, hit that wall. And um, my last career, I was a professional speaker and trainer, entrepreneur, very successful. But again, and it lasted 20 years, but after, I don't know, 14 or 15, I hit that same wall again. And it was, oh, I was so bummed. Thought I had it nailed because I liked it for so long, but it didn't Mm -hmm. last. And um, as my heart pulled away from it, so did the revenue But I didn't want to invest in it, Richard, because I knew I didn't want to do it anymore. I knew I was supposed to be doing something else. I just didn't know what. And got one of those big, hairy life wake-up calls, Cosmic 2 before. My parents passed away within three months of each other. And it just was a big wake-up call. And it was like, okay, life is short. I need to figure this out. So I looked on Google. I started Googling, how do I find my life purpose? I just knew the articulation of that was what I was missing. And took off, you know, a couple of wrong tracks and eventually ran across a headline for a teleseminar that read discover your innate life purpose. I was like, yes. So I clicked on it. And the first words I saw were hand analysis. And I was like, Oh, please come on. I was so skeptical. And I knew that palm reading wouldn't give me what I needed. Then I saw the word scientific. And that one word helped me put aside my anal MBA skepticism. So I listened to it, sounded credible. I really wanted my purpose. So I got a hand analysis done. It blew my mind and changed my life. I didn't know for a few months that I wanted to actually do the work, but it answered questions I didn't even know I had. It, it explained so many aspects of my life. And I knew if I took action on the information that I would find my way and figure it out. That's exactly what happened. So I was like, if I felt so inspired and on fire before I even knew what to be with this information, that's how I wanna help people feel inspired and on fire. So that's why I decided to do the work.
0: So I'm curious as someone who's changed life paths a number of times and gone down a number of different journeys before you ended up here, do you ever feel like part of those things were all, you know, they had their season, right? They were a part of your life and they were a good part of your life and they led you to where you are now?
1: Absolutely. Everything, you know, and I, for a little while, beat myself up that it took me until my fifties to figure it out. But everything I was and everything I did, I have brought pieces of that into this work. So it's all part of it. You know, it's just my path, so to speak. I learned, um, and again, every, and this will apply to anybody that changes careers. They will always use pieces of what they've done in the past. Nothing goes to waste. I wish I would have found it earlier, sure, but I didn't. So now I'm killing it today.
0: (laughs) So you said um, your last gig was as an entrepreneur as well. Um, And before that, you were in the corporate world?
1: Yes. My first two careers were corporate world. And and then the
0: last one was, was entrepreneur. Okay. And
1: then my so I'm co- curious,
0: how did that transition go the first time when you left the corporate world and got into entrepreneurship? Was that a, a hard transition to make? And then was it um, when you came to your next conclusion here where you're actually going to start doing the hand analysis, was that a, a difficult to change that business from one to the other?
1: No, because as I mentioned, it was dying anyway because my heart had pulled away from it. I didn't want to market it anymore. I didn't want to create any more programs. I knew I was supposed to be doing something else. So it was, it was just petering out. So it was an easy transition. I'd already been an entrepreneur. Um, it was a tougher transition going from corporate to starting my own business. Plus I was really sick and that, which is what knocked me out of the corporate world. I was, I lost two years of my life. So I would not recommend that people start a new business as an entrepreneur when they're sick and broke, but that's exactly what I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not, not, not like stacking the deck in your favor there.
1: Nothing like, you know, and it took a while to, to get traction, but I kept at it and you know, I really loved it for the first 12 years um, and made it very successful. I was in the top 1% in terms of income for professional speakers
0: That's really cool. So, um, what I want to talk about now is your superpowers, right? And let's let's put this in the context of the hand analysis business. What is it that you do, or build, or offer this world that really helps solve problems for people, right? The uh, the things that you use to slay their villains, so to speak. If you could narrow down what your superpower is in this business, what would you think it is?
1: Probably that I see their potential. I show them and inspire them to reach for their potential in all aspects of who they are, their authenticity, their true authenticity and potential.
0: So just in terms of your clients, who, who do your clients tend to be? Are they people who are employees themselves, entrepreneurs, business owners, speakers? Like who, who tends to come to you for hand analysis?
1: Well, it's all over the board, first of all, but primarily because of the groups I speak to, I think, it's people who are not happy in their work just like I was, they just know there's something else. They're not fulfilled. They feel like they're off track a little bit somewhere, um, that come to me for the hand analysis and then perhaps purpose and law of attraction coaching.
0: So, Do you find that frequently people who are feeling like they're off track in their life that it's not necessarily or the uh, career change that's in order, but maybe a reframing of their career or the things that they're doing in their time when they're not at work? Like where, where do some of those, those struggles that you see, the commonalities you see with the things people are struggling with when they're off track?
1: It could be any of that, Richard. So no, not everybody has to change careers. Um, I've had one coaching client that, was miserable and wanted to change careers our coaching work took a little bit of a tangent and we worked on some other things and then she loved her work so you just never know what's going to happen especially with law of attraction and I'm also a certified life coach and a purpose coach so combine all that you just never know but you don't necessarily have to leave your job you might ask for more projects, you might get transferred to another area, you do some volunteer work or something on the side that fulfills you so much, this doesn't bug you so much anymore. So it just depends.
0: Interesting. So the other side of a superpower, if your superpower is to see someone's potential, the fatal flaw is something that holds you back, holds your business back, or just like Superman had his kryptonite would you say in your business you've got a fatal flaw that has held you back that you wish you, you know, that you've been working on? And more importantly, how have you been working on it for other people who might have similar problems in their business, how they can, uh, they can overcome them?
1: Well, in my business, I think my biggest flaw is that I get too committed to my clients. And then I try too hard. Um, And there's a point where, you just have to leave things up to them. And that's, I'm kind of like, can be a little bit of a helicopter mom in that way, um, because I care too much. Um, Now, as far as my fatal flaw in my business, um, probably working in my business too much instead of on it. So working with clients, instead of planning and figuring out how to leverage and expand, that would probably be my biggest flaw and I'm taking action on it right now. So that's good.
0: (laughs) That's actually a, it's a, it's a really common one. It's something I, I I struggle with my business all the time is, you know, you have clients you deliver for your clients and you forget you have to like, you know, continue to build your business and grow it. What what are some of the things you've been working on in your business to help um, change that?
1: Oh, uh, live events with groups which I love doing. And I've got oodles of experience, you know, as a professional speaker and workshop trainer and facilitator for 20 years. So I love doing live events because those I can, um, create a group program. So group programs, I want to create online programs because some of the coaching I do, I can create an online program for, um, hand analysis is pretty dense. Um, People are teaching it online now, but you it can't be standalone. You've got it. To, there's too many questions that come up that I studied it five straight years. So it's yeah, it's a lot of information. As you can imagine, if everything means something, it's a big database.
0: <laughs> it's interesting. It's like brain mapping, except mapped onto your hand.
1: That's right. Uh, that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I have, uh, I have, I have no idea how you would know all that, but just looking at your hand, there's a lot of stuff there, and you know, I got a bunch of kids, and I can tell you, their hands have a lot less stuff on them than mine do. So,
1: they will change. <laughs> so, yeah. I can, I can read the, the foundation of somebody's purpose when they're born, because they're That's born cool. with fingerprints, right? Now, I had the youngest I've read is three, but children, their hands will change. You know, life experiences yeah. show up in the hands they'll probably earn some gifts. They'll, you know, have some struggles and that will show up in their hands. So they will change, but they and there's also genetics involved. So they'll have some of the, some of the characteristics that you have in your hands as well, likely, or your wife.
0: Yeah. And my, uh, I noticed like I have, I have an infant right now, um, our fourth one, and you know, she's got little fat hands because they're babies. So there's not a lot of detail, right? She's got right. the big stuff.
1: Yeah, but I still <laughs> can read stuff from the big stuff, right? And the fingerprints, yeah. we get a lot of information from the fingerprints. You're not only the foundation of your purpose, but your life lesson, which is going to be your biggest challenge through life, never goes away. And then your life school, which is kind of your operating system.
0: Interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious how he managed to connect the differences of people's hands to what their purposes was were. Um, it would be uh, interesting to learn how he did the uh, how he did the studies.
1: You know, I actually don't even know the answer to that because I don't care because once I got my <laughs> hand analysis, because well, it works. Yes, and nobody's ever like, no, that doesn't make sense to me. There's there's one possible purpose foundation that has that happen more common. And it has to do more commonly, whatever the grammar is. Um, And it has to do with creativity. And it's because of the flip of it. So everything has a master path and a student path. The student path of anything creative is referred to as fear of rejection. So here's the thing. If you have a lot of creativity and you're not owning it and you can't see it, obviously you're not going to be doing it. And if you're not doing it, it can't get rejected. See how clever that is? So by not owning creativity, people are avoiding rejection. So that's the one and the only one where people go, I don't really see that. And that's it's rare, but it does happen just on that one foundation of purpose. But there's I also do expanded purpose, which has a lot more words in it. I don't want to get in too much detail unless you ask me because I could talk forever and <laughs> ever.
0: <laughs> so um, what I want to talk about is actually a uh, problem you run into with your clients, right? So we talk about um, uh, the common enemy that you fight against, right? So this is when a new, you bring on a new client, a new client hires you, and you, a struggle you run into regularly with your clients, if you had a magic wand, you could just remove you know, a mindset or a thought process, something that you know is holding them back. What would that be? Something that you see commonly?
1: It could be called different things, but it comes down to self love and self worth.
0: Yeah. So, like your clients, your clients don't start off having that?
1: Well, so the way I, let me say that the vast majority of humans struggle with that to some degree. Sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. Um, so, so certainly it impacts, oh, I mean, I don't know the number. I'm going to guess 90% of humanity to some degree. So if, you so, could,
0: if you could uh, wave your magic wand and make people appreciate themselves, you totally would. Oh,
1: yes. And stop beating themselves up and stop being critical of themselves and love themselves more and see them as I see them. And as God sees them so that they'll be able to achieve what they're here to achieve and feel good about themselves and attract what they want.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the things that you like in the coaching part of that, that you actually walk people through to help them realize their worth?
1: Doing law of attraction activities like affirmations and reading books that help them just switch mindsets. Um, and it takes a while, it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but, and stopping the criticism, even that helps turn things around a little bit.
0: You yeah. know, did you, self-criticism have you ever of, is hard because you don't always, you don't even see yourself doing it to yourself.
1: Exactly. So the awareness is the first step is start being aware of that. You know, in the old days, they'd say, well, put a rubber band around your wrist and snap it every time you do something you don't want to do anymore. Because the pain will train you, right? So that's kind of what you got to do. And it's journaling and um, just really being aware of when you're being critical. And then when when I'm talking with someone, when I hear it, because I'm trained to hear it, I help them reframe it.
0: Yeah, I've done that a lot with my my kids and with my wife. And I remember when we first got married, you know, 11 years ago now, it was a thing that she struggled with was self-deprecation. Um, and I was, I'd always catch her and be like, you're not allowed to say that. And she's like, why? I'm like, cause it's not true. <laughs> and Good. You know, it, it, uh, it changes, uh, you know, when you stop saying things negative to yourself, it changes your outlook on life.
1: It um, Totally. Are you familiar with the, um, documentary called what the bleep do we know?
0: I'm not, but it sounds excellent.
1: So can I take a minute to yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead? So uh, it's quite, you know, it's at least 10 years old now, um, but within that, a quantum physicist did an experiment, and give me a little bit of poetic license, because I don't remember the specific details, but let's say he took 10 of the same type of drinking glass, filled them with the same kind of water, and then labeled each one with the different emotion some positive, some negative, and then he had volunteers come in and project each emotion on the glass. And over time, the glasses that were labeled with negative emotions and only those, the water in them turned murky, not the ones with positive emotions that were getting positive reinforcement. He proved that negative emotion changes the molecular structure of water. And we have to remember, this gives me goosebumps, we're 70% water, Richard, so think what self-criticism does to us. When I heard that, I cut my self-criticism in half. Easy. (laughs) That's crazy. And you may have heard of the experiments they're doing in schools now, where they've got the same kind of plant, in the same potting soil, the same watering, in a plexiglass, so they get watered automatically, and they have kids come up and bully one plant verbally and talk nice things to the other plant. They can't touch them, they can't do anything else, nothing else changes. The one getting bullied gets all limp and brown. Freaky man.
0: <laughs> that is freaky. Uh, it's a good title for the uh for the documentary. What the F Do We Know. <laughs> yeah. What the bleep. It literally is called bleep. What the bleep, what the bleep do yeah. we know?
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's amazing all this energy out there. And that's why law of attraction is so powerful. You got to get the energy working in your favor because it's out there. You might as well. And you're always attracting like attracts like. So when we're self-critical of ourselves, we attract things that make other people and ourselves critical of ourselves. Right. Where we love ourselves and give ourselves credit. We attract feelings. And people who are going to love us and give us credit. Like attracts like, whether we want it to or not. It's not judgmental. It's totally neutral. It's going to send back what you're sending out.
0: Yeah, I always, uh, not to get too biblical on the show, but the uh, um, one of my favorite verses in scripture is when, uh, when you know, Jesus says, "Love the Lord your God like you're, uh, um, you know, uh, like you love yourself, or and then love your neighbor like yourself." It's the first and second law, I think, somewhere in Matthew. And I always, uh, I always attributed that as like, it, he wasn't telling you like, it, it wasn't an instruction. Like this is how you, sh- how you should live life because I say so. It was like, this is the, like the rules of the universe. It and is. if you abide by them, <laughs> right. It's like give first and then you'll receive. It's not like, it's not like this is a good thing to do. It's like, that's, you know, it's like gravity. If you jump off a building, you're going to fall. Right. right. And if you give first, you're going to receive, like that's the way it works. <laughs>
1: well and jesus actually talked he used law of attraction languaging a lot you know so it's there and what's interesting so i'm going to bring this up too sometimes people who are quite religious wonder if this is like against god hand analysis and i just say who do you think put this in here
0: <laughs> yeah they, they call it a, it? They called it a designer for a reason right
1: well i mean he tries so hard to help us in different ways you know people read faces people read ears people read eyes our blueprint is in our hands to help us make the difference we're meant to make in the world and love our lives that's what god wants for us
0: you know really awesome so if the common enemy you're fighting against is uh the self-deprecation, the other side of your enemy is the driving force, right? The thing you fight against and the thing you fight for, right? So Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or, you know, Google fights to index all the world's information. What is it that you fight for?
1: Well, self-love, also authenticity, being who you truly are. So hard for people to do. You know, we've grown up with societal expectations and messages and all that. Um, I mean, I have a whole list of things that I really try to, what's the word I want to say, elicit and inspire in my clients, courage, authenticity, um, you know, integrity. So... I think those are biggies. But if people <laughs> those are uh, big
0: those words, right? I, I like I said, those are big words that have a lot of they're ripe with meaning, right? So, like courage, for instance, is one that I think people misunderstand a lot. What how do you how do you sort of define courage for your clients?
1: Having the courage to be who they really are and step out into the world. So it's not just skydiving, right, or lion taming. Um, It's really being who we are and stepping up to make a difference in the world that we're meant to make because getting in alignment with purpose. And by the way, I really think being on purpose is the only way to that more consistent joy and fulfillment that people want. They want meaning. They think they want happiness, but now all the books are saying people want meaning. You know, they want to know that they're leaving the legacy that they're meant to leave and being in alignment with purpose is a big part of that. And I guarantee you, Richard, you would have something about mass communication, group communication in your hands, right? Cause you love it, right?
0: Yeah, um that's thing I've been doing for a long, long time.
1: Yeah. So you were led, you were sort of guided to that. Um, and now I've, got off tangent and lost my track of thought but yeah so getting in alignment with purpose if you're not on it which most most people are not sadly most people aren't happy in their work wouldn't you agree with that i would yeah so which means they're not in alignment with purpose getting on purpose is like stepping off a cliff and it may be a little cliff and it may be a big one but you just have to trust that the parachute will open and it will you'll pee your pants on the way down, but the parachute's going to open, you know, because it's scary, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I actually just did a, uh, what what would you call that, an object lesson like that with my son a couple of weeks ago, or actually it was a couple months ago now, we were at Yosemite, and we did a cliff diving um, off of a waterfall into a big uh, giant pool, it was about 40 feet up in the air, and um, I went and did it. My son was like, he's, he was nine, nine and a half at the time. And I'm like, you want to go do it? He was like, sure. You know, and I get up there. I'm like, it's going to be really scary. It's really far up. And we got to the the edge and I was like, here's what we want to do. I want to you, you know, take a step to the edge and then just go, just do it. Don't let yourself stand there and think about it. Cause if you stand there and think about it, you'll, you, you will talk yourself out of doing the thing you want to do. Um, and he was great. He he was like, okay, and because he, he was sitting on the rocks at the end um, with me, where we were talking about how to how to overcome all the fear and what he was gonna see, and he just stood up, took one step to the edge, and jumped right off. And I was like, oh man, I wish I had the guts like that.
1: <laughs> Holy mackerel! Because <laughs> I
0: have to. Uh, yeah. So anyway. That's anyways, awesome. It's, it's object lesson in uh in that thing.
1: <laughs> wow, forty feet. That's pretty high. That's that's awesome that a young boy did that. So good for you. Cool.
0: Yeah. So well, he's a good swimmer, swimmer, and he had a life jacket on and whatnot. So you know, we were uh, a <laughs> yeah, but still, um, just the height itself. Yeah, it was, it was, it's freaky. Like you know, you know, when you stand up and do that, you know, I'm 46 feet up in the air when I stand up on it. So <laughs> um, you know, you jump off, and it's it's a long ways. But yeah, it's the it's 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 that uh, that courage to stand up in the face of things that are um, that scare you. And I think one of the scariest things people um, run into is they fear rejection of their true selves, right? If I actually do the thing that I'm meant to do and people don't accept me for it, then who am I? Right. Then I'm nothing. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a, it's a big fear, um, to show who you truly are, to be vulnerable and, you know, take those, take that step.
1: Completely. That's why authenticity is, it's tough and it does take courage because you are going to lose some people that aren't a good fit.
0: Yeah. Right. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed just from a marketing standpoint, because our world is maturing, so to speak, from a marketing standpoint, um, more and more people um, who are listening to those of us who are entrepreneurs or to speakers or authorities or whatever, they're more interested in authentic communication than they are in slick communication or well-produced communication. Yep. Um, and I think the the there's a trend for that kind of authenticity. People want it. They want they They crave it.
1: I t- couldn't agree with you more. And actually, if we'd have done this interview 10 years ago, so we wouldn't have because I was still, well, maybe if you talk to professional speakers, I wasn't involved in this work yet. I never would have left on my big fluffy sweater, right? Because it doesn't <laughs> look professional. This is me. This is how I dress when I'm working with my clients on Zoom. I want to be comfortable. I'm not in it to impress anybody with the way I look and with the way I dress. So I'm really comfortable in my authenticity. And it took some courage for me to get there. So people think courage is the absence of fear. Mm -mm. It's feeling the fear and doing it anyway.
0: Yeah, it's action in spite of fear. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I know I was the same way. I still... I still just say I can't like not comb my hair before I get on a, uh, um, <laughs> on a video call, but you know, I still, I will occasionally wear a t-shirt instead of a a dress up shirt and whatnot. But um, you know, people who are regular watches the show know that, you know, because we travel, we don't always have good internet. So sometimes I'm doing these interviews in my car, right. Cause we can go someplace yeah. that's got an internet connection. Um, yeah. And used to worry me it doesn't anymore. Cause people enjoy the con.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're on, actually, your more internet more connection is a little fuzzy you know, People now. You have on here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: it's always a little fuzzy
1: it's a little funny but and, and I did I have to be you know full disclosure I did go get some earrings because I wanted to be a girl but other than that I wasn't going to worry about anything else
0: I I did not get any earrings so I see you know. that
1: I know I don't know how you didn't do it but you know it's your yeah, show. I know
0: I didn't I've got <laughs> I've got three daughters so I have a lot of earrings available and hair bows and I know how to put them on and everything. So I you bet know,
1: you're such a good dad. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've got, oh, uh, I've, I've had oh hair bows all up in my hair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> any fingernail polish on?
0: Um, I don't have any fingernail polish on now, but I have had my fingers painted by my daughter. Um, and your toenails? So, you know, uh, not yep. my toenails. Yeah. So I haven't let them t- paint my toenails yet. Um <laughs>
1: Well, do it in the winter. But, then you'll always have shoes on. And nobody will see it. I know
0: you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my daughter thinks it's hilarious when she, what if I put a bow, one of her bows in my hair. So that's, <laughs> How old is she? I, I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a six-year-old.
1: So you do Four. know what causes that, right?
0: I do. I yeah. do know what causes it. <laughs> Um, and and it's a lot of fun, and I yeah. think we're probably done at four. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll we will probably end up adopting one more child just because we have room. And nice, we might as well.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: So I want to uh, move on a little bit and talk about something a little more practical, right? Okay. So um, I call this your hero's tool belt, right? Maybe you have a big magical hammer like Thor, or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer. Maybe just really like how Evernote helps you organize your thoughts um, for with your clients. What are some of the, like, the practical tools you use, whether those are digital tools to manage or find clients or physical tools you use to deliver on your products or services? Something you know just very practical that makes your work possible.
1: So I'm really good at setting up systems. So one of the things that I implemented years ago was my calendar system to have people go in and schedule their appointments. And really learning the hard way about my boundaries and self-care. Because Mm -hmm. when I first started, I was booking them five days a week, all day long. And I burnt out really bad. So that's number one, is self-care and boundaries. But now with my system, and I've got another system I have is emails that I send regularly, the same kind of email, like when I receive handprints and they're good. Mm -hmm. And I have an email that says your hand analysis, and it tells people where to go to my calendar link to schedule two hour long appointments. And here's what it's for. That's a draft in my drafts folder. So all I have to do is copy and paste. I don't have to rewrite the whole thing several times a week. So I have lots, I have 17 drafts of emails that i send often so i don't have to recreate the wheel every time they've got the links in them and everything so those kind of systems make life so much easier calendar skit my schedule link and my draft emails there's a lot more but those the two that those first are big ones in my mind. Yeah. So,
0: so you probably noticed i smiled really big when you said calendar because one of the things that cracks me up is i think we're on episode like 55 or so now And probably 40, 45 of the episodes, calendar has been the number one thing people mention when we talk about their um, practical systems they use to make their life better, right? And everything from we schedule important tasks on the calendar to we schedule family time on the calendar to, you know, you have appointments with people go back and forth on your calendar. And it seems to me that a very common thing in the entrepreneur's life is we live and die by our calendars. Um, and, and we, uh, you know, whatever that system takes, whether it's a paper calendar or a digital calendar or whatever, it's, it's, uh, timelines and deadlines and calendars really make our, our, our business go around. I'm just curious what you're, uh, how you, how you feel about that? Knowing how common that is in the, uh, entrepreneurial but space. I think
1: it's true. I, I totally believe it. I mean, I use both only, you know, on my phone for business and then, paper for everything because I've lost my phone twice and was like, ah, um, you know, and it was before you could upload it to the cloud and all that. So I was really, really messed up and I like, and maybe it's my generation, but I also like writing things down and I don't want to put all the personal stuff into my phone because even now I miss reminders that come up because I have so many popping up Mm -hmm. on my phone, you know, I'm on a call for an hour at a time. So I miss reminders, but if it's written in front of my face, then it's there. So I have both business and personal in my paper calendar. I don't think I'll ever change that. I I just, it's, it works for me for several reasons. And then I've got all the business stuff and some personal things in my phone.
0: yeah one of the things that uh that I do is I have my my business calendar and then I have a family calendar and then like my kids each have a calendar for like stuff that there's on and like they're all synced to the same place um and so like and my wife is synced to it so she can see my business calendar and like if she's like if she wants to block something out of my calendar all she has to do is just add something to the family calendar and it'll actually take the time out of any of my schedule schedule things um so you know you know, like I, this next week is my son's birthday, and we're going to go probably to the aquarium and to a, a trampoline park or whatnot. Cool. Um, and yeah, so um, my wife's like, I need to make sure you block this time out. And I'm like, just put it in the calendar and it'll block it out automatically, right? Because that's that's why I've got it set up. So it's like systems and calendar put together, right? Yeah. <laughs> Things I do not to think
1: like that. I haven't, maybe it's because in the past I would do, you know, client appointment calendar and then I would have discovery calls and I kept messing them up and overlapping them and you know so I need to use to uh,
0: who do you use your schedule your schedule system through
1: once hub schedule once
0: yeah so in uh in because that's what I use as well one of the things you can do in once hub if you go to the associated calendars you can have a main okay yeah associated calendars for your booking type and then on the right-hand side, there'll be all your calendars that are in your system, will be listed there, and you can say check these for busy times. So then you can check off all of them, um, oh. any of the ones that you want. So if you have something on your personal calendar, it won't it won't display any of that or show any of it. It'll just check for busy times so they won't overlap them. Um, and that's how I how I do that.
1: Oh, that's easy enough to know. Thank you, and I hope this was yes, helpful you for your uh, listeners and and
0: viewers yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. So, Are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert? How would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business? You can. Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And now, back to the show. Um... And talk a little bit about your own personal heroes, right? So Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan um, Kenobi, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real-life mentors, speakers or authors, peers who were just a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to uh, what you've accomplished so far in your life and in your business?
1: So my heroes, I would rephrase that and say just people that I really admire, that I felt have a lot of courage and authenticity and made a big difference in the world. That is what describes hero to me um, one way. So all the ones that you've heard of, Gandhi, Mandela, Martin Luther King. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, Jesus for sure. Um, Oprah Winfrey, right. Um, Wayne Dyer, you know, people like that who have really made a difference and put their beliefs out there. Um, to help others, so that's kind of my genre. Somebody a couple years older than me, not that pops into my mind um, yeah
0: yeah, awesome so um just curious how much have they, do you think that the work that they've done has impacted your your business or the way that you think about your business?
1: Well, it certainly inspired me and <laughs> Uh, they've been role models for me, so it's kind of like, well, if they could do it, I can do it too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm in, a, I'm from a small town in southern Illinois, very conservative area, and I'm doing hand analysis.
0: So, you my know, wife's from a small town in southern Illinois. Really? Yeah, she's from uh, um, just outside of Quincy, a little town called Golden, I believe, Golden okay, or Clayton. So-
1: I have I have cousins in Quincy Quincy's not southern not compared to where I'm from
0: you're farther south than
1: oh way south so you know Illinois is like this yeah um, they got like the little perfect belly my, home, my hometown's further south than parts of Kentucky
0: it's yeah. Kentucky and her uh, her her grandmothers from Mount Carmel so we go there all the time Mount yep. Carmel's right along the bottom so
1: well it's Actually on the east, so I'm further south than Mount Carmel, which is Mount Vernon. I'm from Mount Vernon.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, I've been through there.
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of hard if you go down there because it's 57 and 64. It's hard to hard to miss.
0: Hard to miss it, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> hard to avoid it. It's easy to miss because it's a little town. But
0: um, Yeah, Blake, anyway. can you drive through it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I still have siblings there. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So let's bring it home for our listeners a little bit and talk about your guiding principles. What are the top one or maybe two actions that you put into use on a regular basis that you think contribute to the success and influence that you enjoy in your business? Maybe something you wish you'd known when you started out all those years ago as a professional speaker.
1: The, um, I mean, I know my two the values are self-care and freedom. So actions to put those into place Learned the hard way. Right. So boundaries around how much I work with clients a week, because I can only do so much and still give them my all. Um, I have a horse. I got to ride that horse, man. So that's, he's my sanity. He's my peace, my joy. Um, I've been for the last six months, riding him three to five times a week, you know, just 45 minutes or an hour. And that gives me, oh my gosh, clears my mind, keeps me grounded, uh, makes me feel free. So it's, it involves both that self care and the freedom. So the actions are to make sure I ride my horse as much as I can and watch my boundaries take good care of myself, have fun, work out, you know, all the self-care things that are important and eat dark chocolate every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, freedom is one of those things that I think a lot of people misunderstand, right? They think freedom and they think that that what they want in their life is financial freedom. Like that's the, the thing that everyone goes back to. Yeah, um, And they think that financial freedom happens when I can buy a yacht without blinking. Right. right. And, um, and that's just not, that's just not reality. Um, and I'm just, I'm curious your thoughts on this because it's something that I talk about a lot. My, uh my business name, you know, behind the business, so to speak is something I call five freedoms. Um, and the five freedoms are uh, religious freedom, political freedom, um, financial freedom, time freedom, and location freedom. And essentially the way that I break those down is the idea that, Um, that if you can make decisions you want to make without being impeded by one of those five things, you essentially have freedom, right? So living in the United States, we enjoy an incredible amount of political freedom. Like the things, the decisions that we make, we can pretty much make any decision we want. No one's going to put us in jail for it, right? Um, You know, assuming you're not in the vein of people who want to like murder people. Um, (laughs) Not today. yeah, not today, but for the vast, vast majority of decisions you want to make, your political freedom is not at stake based on those decisions, right? For those of us who are, um, you know, who are religious and have the spiritual freedom that comes from, you know, knowing Jesus and that kind of stuff, um, you know, your decisions a lot of times are not impeded by, um, by that or they, you know, they're in, informed by that. And same thing with, you know, if I want to get up today and, um, and you know, go to the park or go work out and you can, you can do that, that's, you know, time freedom, Yep. And location freedom is like you know if I want to go here or there you know whatever it is you want to go do if you can do it um, the things that you want to do you have the location freedom and same thing with financial freedom is like you know I I don't have any desire to buy a yacht yeah. so having the freedom yeah so having the freedom to buy a yacht is not really freedom right it's mm-hmm. the things the things that I I particularly care about wanting to do um, and I realized a long time ago that you know I hit a certain level of finances and I was like I don't want anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so I, all the decisions, decisions I want to make, I can. Um, so I have, as far as I'm concerned, financial freedom. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm just curious, like, what your, what your thoughts are on that since you brought freedom up as sort of a fina- fi- foundational principle for your life.
1: I think that's totally accurate. I think you're a pretty wise guy um, in, in the well, best sense you. of the word. Not, not a wise guy, but, you know, a wise guy. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> you know, do I have financial freedom? Could I buy a yacht if I wanted to? Absolutely not. Um, but I don't, I think what I look for financial wise is financial security. Mm -hmm. Right. So financial security, um, which, you know, homeless people are financially free. Yeah. Right. So it just depends on how you look at it, but, yeah, I feel really free because I decide when I'm going to work with clients, when I'm going to have fun, when I'm going to ride my horse, when I'm going to meet a friend for coffee, where I want to live. I mean, I moved to Colorado um, because I love Colorado. So I certainly know yeah. I have political freedom, That's... religious freedom, <laughs> even though I've chosen a different direction than my family, um, which took courage. Um, but. Yeah. I feel pretty darn free and it feels really good.
0: That's uh that is that is essentially my point, right? Is that uh that when you have when you have the freedom to do what you want with your time and when you're in the places you want to be, that that feeling of freedom is actually it's not as far away for people as they think it is because they're thinking I want to um I, I need to be able to buy a yacht in order to be free and that's not that's not generally it. Um and Correct. when you figure out what you want to do with your time and what you want to do with your location. The feeling of freedom is a lot easier to achieve than, uh, um, I think we set out for initially.
1: Yeah. I would like to travel more, but I don't feel not free because of that. Yeah. I'll get there, you know, and I've traveled a lot in the past, you know, so I, I just still, I still want to do, I mean, I have my bucket list. I want to do a safari in Africa. Would love to do that. I'll get there. Um, but I want to wait until I can do it really well.
0: So you're going to have to uh, put it on your calendar and start working towards it if you want to do it really well.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So So, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like it impedes my freedom.
0: No, it's just a thing you're working for. Yeah, It's
1: it's one of my uh, goals. It's on my bucket list. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So, I'm going to do one of the last thing I do on the show. Um, something I call the hero challenge. It's a simple challenge. Uh, and it's basically this, uh, do you have someone in your network or in your life that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story on the show?
1: Okay. I didn't know about this question. So, um, most of many of the entrepreneurs I know were ex corporate like me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I chose to leave one that popped into my mind, has her own podcast, um, Extraordinary Women, but um, I can't imagine her not wanting to talk to you.
0: What's, so, uh, what's her name? Cammie. And why, why do you think her, her story would be interesting?
1: She got laid off. So she entered entrepreneurship for a different reason. Um, you know, than I did. and yeah. what was that?
0: I said downsizing, right? Downsizing it hits yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. She was
1: up high in the corporate world. I mean, I know so many entrepreneurs. That's what, you know, it's like, okay, well, which one? Um, <laughs> awesome. I could just go through, well, we can, you know, 90% of my client list and come up with a bunch of people
0: richard so we we can reach out and talk to uh talk to cammy um and see if we can get her on the show what i want to do at this point is first thank you so much for coming on the show and then i want to find out where people can find you right if they're looking for maybe getting their hand analysis they feel like they're trapped or stuck where can they find you what should they reach out and i guess who's your ideal client right if someone's going to reach out if they're thinking themselves listening to the show i should reach out to her who are those people
1: the people that feel off track They know they're not on it. You know, they're unfulfilled, bored, just not loving it. And some entrepreneurs um, come to me, they love their work. They are in alignment with purpose, but they're not making the money they wanna make. And I can see where they need to take action um, from their hand analysis. So, and first of all, thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. It's been a really nice discussion. I've enjoyed it very much. my website is purposewisdom.com. So, um, or precision wisdom. Nice domain name.
0: What's that? I said, that's a nice domain name purposewisdom.com.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm all about purpose and I'm very wise. Um, actually, my clients named it. So, um, and there's, you know, oodles and oodles and oodles of testimonials on there, both from hand analysis clients and coaching clients. Um, but I'm happy to talk with anybody. They can reach me through my website. And if for some reason it doesn't work, should I give my email here? Don't anybody put me on your list. But anyway, I'm um, Jane with a Y, Jane at PurposeWisdom.com.
0: Awesome. So um, if you're listening to this show and you feel like you're off track and you want someone to... uh analyze your hand and see what you're uh what you might be missing definitely take the chance to reach out to jane um it's purposewisdom.com and jane thank you so much for coming on the show today i also very much enjoyed it and appreciate it um you have any uh, final sort of words of wisdom for our listeners before we sign off
1: i think just I- impressing on them how much self-love self-care because we always do for others and self-love and self-care will change your life
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Look forward to to having you again. Have a good day.
1: Thanks so much, Richard. Bye-bye.